Miami has I have to say it. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. What, 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 what? How could you not predict at least 10 to 13 wins for next season is all I'm saying. But Jesus again, Christ, 13 wins. I listen. You, I, know, I said, you want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I just, I'm sorry. I just remember that you compared Kiseki to Kelsey. I'm sorry. I did not. You know what? About it, I am ready to get hurt again. And I was not hurting this week, Danny. Not hurting whatsoever. This is episode. No, we're on episode eight of the Batter Fins podcast. That is my fault. I will make sure to get that changed. But Danny, it was victory Sunday night for us. Sir, how are you doing today? I am feeling pretty good as well. My team didn't do too bad. And, uh, you know, we keep trucking along shabby. just like you guys. You know, one thing that we both had in common this week, a win is a win, right? A win is a win uh-huh. any day of the week. But you remember That's how right. last year I, I felt after that victory against the New England Patriots? Do you recall my conversation with you? I said, we won, but I wasn't happy about it. This is kind of how I felt watching this game. Yeah, but you probably won't go ahead and lose seven or eight in a row after this. No, no, probably not. Probably not. Very good point. But one thing to talk about is technically speaking, we're technically speaking here, two is 4-0 this season, but how easily it could have changed at any point during yesterday's game, especially with a few of these. Three times, some of them not his fault, but wow. Like you, I love it when, when, defensive backs like right there like oh man i almost had that okay okay get the next one that, that was a rough one happened. right there you have your hands on the ball he, you gotta come down he overthrew the second the one four dropped interceptions oh man there me. it is again like this is rough. in the next time maybe you can get there that yeah that throw right before the end of the first that one half right there, i felt the the most I don't say angry about i i felt like that could have been a throwaway i i think that one could have been an easier dump off to uh, Mike Gesicki on that one because he was open for the quick pass. I don't know what he was thinking about that, but you know what? He's not the only player to go into a game where the defense drops interceptions, right? Like, you could oh, tell... Of course, it happens all the time. You could tell the boy had rust on him, right? Ultimately, sure. 21 of 35, 261 in a touchdown. My overall assessment before I get your two cents on this is, yeah, it could have easily been a different game if... Even one of those picks are around, but the way our defense was playing, who knows if it would have been any different just because of how good our defense was playing against their struggling offense. But again, my assessment about Tua coming back after being off for three weeks, rusty, yes, but again, took care of the ball, technically, took care of that's the ball. What, uh, but that's what I was going to say. Did yeah. he take care of the ball? I think like he, he did. didn't. Technic- technically, he didn't because he put it in the defender's hands. Right, but they dropped it. So we're going to go with right. zero interceptions on the days, no okay. fumbles. All right. Okay. So obviously I'm being uh, I'm being optimistic here about the, the night he had. Give me your two cents when you watch his game. Look, the first two drives, he was humming. He was. I felt, and, it, and I think the best thing was is that I don't think two seconds passed before he would let the ball go. Like he was taking two, three-step drops, and then the ball was out. And – it's it's amazing what having receivers like Jalen Waddle can do, because yeah. they find the hole in the zone or, or whatever defense it is, you hit them quickly and then they'll do the rest on their own. And Tua has almost I don't want to say perfected because after the first two drives things kind of went downhill, but he's gotten really good at just let me get what the defense gives me quickly and let the receivers do what they do and just 
make plays for me. And man, the first two drives, after the first two drives, I thought you guys might blow them out. The way that you guys were looking, I was like, this this might be a blowout, the way it was going. Even though it ended up in two field goals, I, I felt exactly the no, same. No, no, the way first one was a touchdown, wasn't it? No, no, but I meant the last two drives that ended up in oh, field yes, goals. Yes. Uh-huh. I, I I felt that those two, even though we got down the field, I was like, I don't care that we gave up points. I mean, that we only got three points because scoring on your first four drives, that just is a recipe for success. But it kind of alludes into my next topic that I want to touch on because you said it yourself. You you thought this was going to be a blowout. So there was a lot of Twitter people saying McDaniel got outcoached by Mike Tomlin. But I want to talk about that for a second. There was an aggressive fourth and third, fourth and third that he went for that I felt if you got the opportunity to get three points, get those three points, right? Like, regardless of the game being close, regardless of the defense, anytime you have an opportunity to get points and you're in that type of field goal range, because it wasn't like a 60, even though he did knock down a 60, it was a makeable field goal. I felt at that point, you got to go for three. I, I'm i not quick to say he got out coach. I think it was more of our coach overthinking how to take down Mike Tomlin after he did all the – the changes he needed to do from a defensive standpoint because he did slow down this offense. But hasn't that been the talk all season about his cojones? Like, like how big yeah. his cojones are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, at some point, you, you remember that Dave Chappelle skit where keeping it real goes wrong? <laughs> like, like, at some point, you got to reel it back and understand yeah. that, you know, maybe you don't want to keep it that real. Maybe you don't want to show off your cojones all the time. Just, just play it safe sometimes. It's okay to play it safe. The way the game was going – if you score three points and take a two-score lead, you have a good chance of winning, especially the way your defense is playing. For and sure. the way he put you guys in a bad spot because there was two drives. The last two drives that the Steelers had, they were running, going down the field. If it's not for uh, Holland and I forgot this guy's 10-syllable name, but <laughs> if, if those two picks don't happen, there's a good chance that you guys lose that game. And if you guys lose that game, Mike McDaniel gets shitted on for that decision. But luckily, you guys, your defense came up big. You guys got the two turnovers. And people, although I still hear some people tur- uh, bringing it up, it's yeah. not like it would be if you guys would have lost. So, uh, I, I mean, I feel like he got saved by that. But at some point, you got to play it safe. I, I agree. I agree with all the points you just made. Um, I, Again, I think it was just a matter of not just him having big cojones, but I think analytics come into play nowadays in football way more way more than it should. I think but that if you're getting third, right? I think if you're getting down the field, and running it on fourth and third. Listen, these are all Chase Edmonds. Th- th- these are all great positive points you're making. But my point is, <laughs> when you have the ability, whether it's fourth and one or whether it's fourth and third, and you're in the lead, if you have the opportunity to kick a, a field goal and get those three points, you got to go for it. Because think mm-hmm. about it, if it, any of those two Steelers um, drives ended a touchdown, now we're playing from behind. But at the end of the day, if we got 19 points on the board, they still have to score again, and we still right. and our defense has to hold them down again. So exactly. I again, I think in this game, listen, you got a first year coach versus somebody who's been coaching for 16 years. At the end of the day, I'm not ashamed of saying if that my coach got out coached by somebody as great as Mike Tomlin. Right, he's Super Bowl champ. He's he's never had a losing season up until this season. It might be a losing season, but he's never had a losing season. Like that's a legit head coach. Yeah. So there's no shame in that. And and like I said, sometimes maybe Mike Daniels wants to like reel it back a little bit because 
I think he might get a little frustrated with when his offense doesn't produce like he thought that it might. Fair. We've had this conversation time and time again throughout this season, how I told you that your offense, to me personally, has been underwhelming because we expect this offense to be a high-octane, high-scoring offense. Yeah. But I don't think you guys have eclipsed more than 21 points. I think maybe only that Ravens game. Outside of that Ravens game, I don't think you guys have scored more than 21 points. I, so I, a, I, I think he might mindset. get frustrated with that. Yeah, but I'm at the mindset, like I told you a few episodes ago, where I think it's going to happen. It just it, – like, it clicked. It clicked those first two drives. You can see what the potential is of how quickly we can get down the field. But to do it on a consistent basis once the defense adapts to what you're doing, that's where the smartness is going to kick in on how to really attack teams. If they make changes against you, you got to make changes against what they're now what they're doing again. And I don't think we're there yet as far as how this offense is ran. But they say that the first drive offensively is usually the, the smoothest one because it's all scripted. Yeah. yeah. You script that first drive, and and usually that's Adam Gase. Adam Gase was a piece of shit head coach. But let me tell you something. We scored, I don't know about the Dolphins, but the Jets-wise, every first drive, we scored at least three points. Yeah. He scripted the hell out of that first drive. But after that, he was lost. Absolutely lost. In his head, with his eyes going all over the place, he was lost. But that, that first drive is always scripted. So I don't know what happened after that first drive because that was the only drive you scored a touchdown on. Yeah. After that, you had three field goals, and then you didn't score the whole second half. We didn't. And, and that's kind of what... It leads into this next subject. You know, it's it's a sore subject for you, but one that I've been preaching on all year. This defense is not as bad as you keep saying they are, sir. Now, granted, it was against 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 a rookie quarterback, but again, at the end of the day, you play who's in front of you, and this defense shined again, sir. No big pass rush. Jalen Phillips did get a sack. Emmanuel Ogba didn't play. We lost Brandon Jones. I didn't get the assessment today. I did not get a chance to look at the injury report today about severe it is, but it looked severe enough when he was walking off the field where he couldn't put any pressure on that knee. So, again, there's that. A litany of injuries. We still don't have Byron Jones back. By the way, Xavier Howard, they weren't even trying to go his way. Kenny Pickett said – Did you see that Deontay Johnson? Was his name? Deontay Johnson? Yeah. In the fourth quarter? He was going to the yeah, sideline, the and he juked yeah, him back inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my. Listen, that was, that was for, for him to give up that one play compared to – they were showing highlights that every single time that the receiver had nowhere to go when Xavier Howard is on him, whether it be Pickett, Deontay Johnson, uh, Chase Claypool, X had him on lock. And, of course, they started picking on my boy. Well, not my boy. I don't think he's anybody's boy. But Noah Iggy B was getting picked on like there's no tomorrow. And, sir, let me tell you something. There was a play very early in the first quarter, and I'm looking at the people that I'm watching the game with, and I go, watch. They're going to go to the left side. Oh, why do you say that? Because Noah's over there. What do they do? <laughs> Claypool up the left side all by himself, and Noah's just like, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I don't know, Danny. I don't know. Listen, but let's talk about the Look, defense shining. You have to admit, they shined, and they shined hard. <laughs> Look, what I've come to realize with the Dolphins' defense is that you guys are the epitome of bend but don't break. Yeah, You guys give up yards like crazy, but you guys come up with timely turnovers. So, I mean, that that makes you a good defense if you can get those timely turnovers. You guys have given up a lot of points, though. We have. How many times have you guys held a team under 20? Well, first of all, the better Mm -hmm. question is, 
we've held them under 20 for most of the game. It's yes. the bigger, yes. the bigger that you want to look at here is how many points have we given up in that fourth quarter with about 10 minutes left? And I think that's where that's we, we're getting rocked. But that's they true. held they held true this game. Um, yeah, a prime time with a litany of injuries, the defense showed up and got us and won us this game. And listen, when he needed to show up, he showed up once. But he showed up, right, when it mattered. Horrible throw by Kenny Pickett, let's say that, because the receiver he was throwing to was in the back of the end zone. That ball right. was way short of the back of the end zone. Right. So let's not get up all the that credit. That was a beautiful catch, the way he put those two feet down, too. Yes, it was. So let's give credit where credit's due. Noah, a, listen, people are like, should we get ready to give, give this guy an apology letter? And I'm going to make sure to tweet the guy who's, who said this. But no, hell no, we're not anywhere near giving this guy an apology letter. You made one good play in, what, four seasons you've been in the NFL? Listen. He was picked on the whole game, too. He was picked on the whole game. And, that, and that's why I'm saying he made a good play at the end of the game. It was a gimme. If you want to call it that, I don't really think it was. I don't think I'd be able to make that no, play. That was one hell of a catch, man. The way he had a beautiful catch. Everything. The way he landed, that even the referees thought he was out of bounds. Mm -hmm. But after a quick challenge, they saw this man did everything he can to seal that game and seal that game he did. But Danny, no apology, no apology letter from me yet. I'm not ready to apologize to this guy just yet. No, you got to apologize to him, man. He won that game for you. The way that the Steelers were going down the field, it looked like it was almost guaranteed that they'd score. Yeah. Like, how comfortable did you feel? I felt 60% comfortable at the end really? of that 60%? game. 60%? 60%. Because that, that, drive, that drive before where they were just riding on the field and then uh, Javon Holland got that yep. pick, I was yep. like, oof. They, they lucked out because they were just going down the field. But then somehow they got the ball back with two minutes left and then again marching down the field. And this time I just felt like, oh, man, that's it. Like this Mike McDaniel fourth and third is going to come back to, to bite them in the ass. Right. And, man, if this guy doesn't get that pick, who knows? Because they were they were on a roll. Do you think now that we're talking about this defense and a little bit less about no Iggy B, do you think once Byron Jones does come back with a healthy Xavier Howard, do you think oh, we'll go back? Defensive. Oh, huh. Do you think we'll be able to go back? Well, granted, we don't know what, what's going to be happening with Brandon Jones, but I feel pretty confident Eric Rowe being back there. He's a veteran. He's been in this defense for three plus seasons now. So even when Brandon Jones, I, my heart sank because I know how, how good of a safety he is, but I felt pretty confident with Eric Rowe being back there. Do you think once we get Byron Jones, whether it's Eric Rowe or Brandon Jones with Javon Howland and Xavier Howard, do you think that this defense will probably go back to what it looked like the last eight games of last season where we're just constantly being able to get to the quarterback? Because right now it doesn't – Well, it, I, I, four I, I'm sorry to seconds, the quarterbacks, the, the quarterbacks have to throw that ball, and defense isn't getting there. No, you guys aren't blitzing as much as you used to either. That, like you guys have built that back, right, right? You can't you can't play man anymore. So you're you're playing man sometimes, but for the most part, you're you're mixing in a lot of zone to right. to kind of cover up all those deficiencies right now you have with all those injuries. So yeah, I'm sure when you have your 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 starters back and they can man up again, you guys are gonna start bringing the house again because you can trust these players one on one right. outside. But right now you can't do that. But you know, but in the beginning of the year. You yeah. guys still really weren't getting too much pressure, even though you were bringing all the house. So I'm not, I'm not sure what's going on with your ends. I, I personally think, and Emmanuel Ogba didn't play yesterday, but right. even if he even if he did for the most part this season, he hasn't gotten any pressures on the quarterback. Jalen Phillips, when I watched his game, Danny, Kenny Pickett was getting rid of the ball. For the most part, he was getting to the quarterback a smidge late, but he looked much better this past game than he did in the previous games. 
But you know who has been a letdown? You want to know? You want to know who's been – obviously, besides Noah Iggy B, he's, he's been a letdown for three-plus seasons. But a person we signed to be a running back in this offense and be a pass-catching oh, running back I, in this I was offense. thinking defense. I was thinking defense. Okay, yes, uh, I know who you're going to say. Yeah. I, I don't he know – I don't know if I could take any more of Mr. Chase Edmonds. Does he need to be benched? That was a question that was posed on Twitter today. And I'm going to say yes, because you know what? You were signed with the intent of being a pass-catching running back. And since week, th- week four against the Bengals, he's had major drop after drop after drop. And he had two more big ones yesterday that could have gone for first downs and even more. So Dan, He might have cost you the Bengals game. Yeah, for sure. So, Danny, I go back to you. Is it time to bench Chase Edmonds and put Miles Gaskin back in there? Is it time to put Salvin Ahmad back in there? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't bench him. No, I, I wouldn't bench him. I, I, I'd write him out another game or two. His skills are there. He's had a rough start to the season, that's for sure. And yeah. being put in a fourth and third, I'm sure doesn't like at that point. Like everybody even... needs to point the, the no, but everybody needs to point the finger at somebody. It's either right. Mike McDaniel or. or there goes Chase Edmonds failing us again. Yeah. So I'm sure he wasn't put in the best of positions. I think Chase Edmonds is a good a good backup. Like he's not starting, right? It's Raheem Mostert. Correct. And Mostert showed up. He, I felt like he, he was. So he he showed up. Chase Edmonds has showed in the past. Like we have a catalog of his career. He yes. showed he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Yes. He's had a rough start to the season, but you can't give up on him already. Now, another two or three weeks of consistently drop passes. Maybe, but I, I wouldn't give up on him just quite yet. I'm getting there, yeah, but not just quite yet. So here's here's my thought process, and I'm not giving up on the guy, and I'm not blaming that. By yes, you no are. You just said you would bench him. Hold on. By no means am I blaming him for that fourth and third. What I am blaming him for is the consistent pass pass drops that he's been getting. Because Chris Collins, or I don't know what the hell he was looking at yesterday, he goes, oh, that one was out of reach. It hit the man in both hands. I don't know what that man was talking about, <laughs> but it is what it is in that aspect. But here's what I'm saying. The reason I'd bench him is because how many players that have been benched before in the past, sometimes they cause a positive effect. They're like, holy crap, I am playing bad. And if you bench him even for a game and you give some opportunities to Miles Gaskin, two things could happen. Miles Gaskin will show you like, yeah, I should have been running back number two the whole entire time. What could also show you is the next time Chase Edmund gets an opportunity, he's going to play that much harder to not screw up again. And that's kind of why I'm leaning towards going ahead and benching him because I feel like it could be a positive outcome to his benching. Well, he had two receptions against Minnesota, two for 28. He had one, two against Cincinnati with a touchdown. He should have had two touchdowns. Correct. He's, he's had his moments, but obviously he's been underwhelming compared to what right. you expected from him. Yep. Well, listen, overall, this game, it was a snooze fest. It was if for that people brutal, who love brutal for people who love defense, this was the game for you. hundred percent. Not not one point from either team in that second half. But ultimately, like we said at the beginning of the game, a win is a win. But now we move on to the Detroit Lions. And Oof. sir, it's Tell a return. Kneecaps. <laughs> They're gonna bite your kneecaps this week in Detroit because we are going to Detroit. It will be in Detroit this week, Chicago next week, and then we're back home to play Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. But let's not get ahead of ourselves, Danny. It's the return Deshaun of Campbell. Watson. It's the return of Cam- – well, Deshaun Watson should be back by by the time we play him. Really? Yeah. 
Because his I first game, this new lo- I thought this new lawsuit that came out on him a couple like a week or two ago. Did they add games? If they added games, no, by all means, I'm, I'm, I, ex- I I'm excited about that. I haven't heard about them adding games, but I thought that they might because of that. Well, like, I didn't think he was just going to come back when he was supposed to. Let's go with the premise that he will be back against the Houston Texans and play us the following week. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Campbell Shoup is on the docket for this week, Danny. And after the Lions started this season, I honestly thought that, like, this is not the same old Lions. But mm-hmm. I do want to touch on that. It's are the Lions better than the record? And I know the last week we talked about your team and, Mar- and my team that you are what your record says you are. <sighs> when it comes to the Detroit Lions, I refuse to believe that because seeing how they were last year and then seeing how they're playing this year, granted, outside the Cowboys game and um, I, the other one slips my mind right now, the Patriots, Patriots. game, they mm-hmm. didn't look too good offensively, but they came out looking really well on offense and their defense was keeping them in most games. But even when their defense is letting them down, they were putting up some points on offense. Well, remember that Philadelphia has probably the best defense in the league. Yeah. And they have a – but they put up 35 on Philly week one. They did. So so the Lions' offense has looked legit for the most part of the season. The last two weeks have been rough, but for the most part, they look very serious. And and, and that's kind of what, I, what I'm leaning towards is, that, like, I don't think this – people put up a bracket of our next four games. And they said it's very easy to look at the schedule and say that we're going to be eight and three. I'm yep. not. I'm not jumping that far ahead. I think that maybe the Bears game, which are currently playing right now, the New England Patriots. Hopefully, they take out the Patriots. The Bears are um, horrible. Yeah, they are. They are horrible. So I'm saying maybe that that one's more of a gimme, right? The Browns. Right. They got Nick Chubb. They got a good defense. So whether it's Deshaun Watson or Jacoby Brissett, they still have a solid foundation to beat us. That Browns game is not a gimme. And I don't, I don't feel that this game is a gimme either, Danny. ESPN has us at 66% to win this game. I don't feel that confident about it. What about you? I, I wouldn't either. That offense, I'm, I mean, maybe something came up on tape where that everybody's going to start following what New England did. Bill Belichick, everybody wants to poo-poo on Bill Belichick, but he's still a defensive mastermind. Yeah. This team scored 35, 36, 24, 48. And then out of nowhere, Bill Belichick just shuts them out. Literally zero points. And then the next time they play against the Cowboys, they score six points. So obviously something happened there because you can't go from that high to that low that quickly. Right. So I, I think your defense will finally get tested. You're playing at home. These two games were on the road. Yeah. I'm sorry. Detroit's playing at home. Correct. And when they when they lost to the, uh, New England and to the Dallas, it was on the road. So they're back yep. at home where they feel comfortable. Yeah. I think that – that's going to pose a challenge for you, stopping that offense. And I think we're finally going to really see if your defense is as good as you think they are and as I thought they would be, which I feel like I've been proven wrong. Okay. Well, that's kind of how I feel about it. Listen, Jared Goff, 11 touchdowns, six interceptions this season. Not too shabby. He's thrown for 1,500 yards. Williams out of the backfield, 92 carries, 411 yards, six touchdowns. They have offensive firepower on this team. And our defense, again, we're not playing Kenny Pickett. You can say what you want about Jared Goff. He's been playing good football this season. Outside of those two games you just mentioned against Bill Belichick and just recently the Dallas Cowboys. So, Danny, when I look at this overall, we're putting up 21 points per game. Right now, the the Detroit Lions are averaging 24. Just for for the record, record, I just wanted to make this 
if you were to take out that defensive touchdown that you scored game one and then that third, that fourth quarter against the Ravens, you guys are averaging 16 points a game. Are, are we Again, gonna, I'm just, are, are we, I'm just saying because it's, it's, semantics. Are we going to keep playing yes, semantics here? It bothers me is how much you guys get praised for your offense. And I want to see your offense. I think it would be crazy entertaining, but you right. guys haven't done it yet. That's fine. And I'm telling you, when it happens and it clicks for four quarters, you're going to be like, nobody's going to stop this team. But like, just like our defense, you need to see it first. And I'm all with you. You need to see it first. I, I understand what you're saying. You're not talking to one of these crazy-ass Dolphin fans that think that we got it all put together. Go ahead. Can I? So with that said, I'm going to jump ahead, and I'm going to predict this is going to be the game where you guys break out. Oof. Oof. This is going to be the game. The Lions, their offense has looked great. Their yeah. defense has looked porous. Putrid. Every team has scored at least 24 points on them. At least 24 points. You guys have struggled to score more than 16, but this will be the game where you guys finally look consistent for four quarters. Those first two drives that you had against the Steelers this Sunday where you yeah. guys just zoomed down the field, I think you guys are going to do that at least twice every quarter. I think you guys are going to put up, let's say, about 10 points every quarter. I think you guys put up 40. You put up a 40-burger this wow. week. Wow. I, I see it. Well, before you give me a, your your win and loss, even though you just said we're going to put up 40 points, I'm kind of thinking that which way you're going to lean already. One of the stats mm -hmm. I was going down is when we played the, the Steelers, one of the key points coming into this game was they were give, giving up 227 through the air. And Tua ended up with like 225, somewhere in that vicinity. So, again, if your defense true is playing bad, Right, true to the stats. And th this one, the Detroit Lions are giving up 264 through the air. Oh, they're bad. They're bad. Uh, Tua is going to light them up. And not even just Tua. On that, on that artificial grass, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are going to be zooming up and down that field. Mm. Got my nipples excited. <laughs> Sir, let's go ahead and pick this game because we're, we're pushing up against the clock right now. I feel how you feel. That I felt mm -hmm. confident enough so far in my defense this season to think that we are about to get tested, but I think I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna step up. Are they gonna step up as good as the Patriots and um, the Cowboys did against this? I don't think we're there yet. I think that we are gonna give up around twenty-one points to this offense. Um, I think our offense is gonna put up points. I, I wasn't ready to give them forty points. I do like all the points you're making. That on this artificial field. It's going to be even better for these track stars to get open. Raheem Mostert coming out that backfield. It's going to be even better. Another thing about this defense, they're lying 145 on the ground as well. So if you want to talk about a game where Raheem Mostert could eat, it's this one. So I think all the positives lean because of all the faith that I have in this offense that, that eventually once it clicks, it's going to be scary. I'm on the same boat as you. I think that we do put up like 30 points. They put up 21, and we come out of Detroit with another dub. I'm, I think you guys put up 40. I think you guys put up uh, four touchdowns, four field goals. I think you put up a clean 40, and I think you guys – So what you're saying is – 40 to 35. So what you're saying is I should probably start Tua again because he got me the dub this past week. So I should start Tua this upcoming week. That's what you're saying. I, I, mean, I have I, Josh I would, Allen against I the would. Packers. I have Josh Allen oh, against the Packers. Oh. <laughs> the Packers I, have the best pass defense in the league. Yeah, but I still think 
well, this is listen. I don't want to get With too his hard. Legs. No, yeah, we're not. We're not gonna go fantasy football on this episode. Right. But, right. Yeah. But Josh Allen has has legs, I guess. But that's literally the best pass defense in the league. I agree. Is the, is the, is the Packers? So I, I don't know. That, that's a tough one. I would start too. I think that I think your offense will finally, finally, for the first time, game number eight mm. show up. I love it. I love it. Listen, I appreciate you, sir, getting with me to record episode eight on the Battered Fins Fans podcast. That is Mr. Battered Jet Fan himself. I am the Bearded Fanatic. And thank you so much for tuning in to episode eight. Catch you next week.